Aloha and good morning. Welcome to the Women on Fire podcast. I'm Daniela, co-host Jamie here. Yeah. (laughs) And we got a special guest for you this morning. It's someone you already know if you've been listening to the podcast series. (laughs) So our first return guest, Melissa, welcome. Aloha. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks for coming back here. Blessing us a second time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so Melissa and I live close to each other. And right. So you called me the other day. You were like, hey, are you available for me to just stop by? Because you were walking around. Right. And I was like, yeah, I am. So we were talking outside spontaneously. And then one of the things we talked about was, you know, the postpartum adventures. And and I think at the end of it, you're like, we just need to talk about it more. So I was like, great, let's schedule a podcast series or episode. Uh, so that's why we're here. <laughs> yeah, it was right around the time that I was also having a parallel conversation with a very new mom who Danielle has also been kind of supporting in her postpartum and just that, um, but, you know, postpartum is its own adventure. <laughs> right, right. There seemed to have been a pattern that week of a lot of people saying the same thing of like, no one told me about all this postpartum stuff or, you know, they just kind of got surprised by all the postpartum things that often go untalked about. So um, we're here to talk about it. <laughs> so that can be less of a thing. There's yeah, a lot more. of people build up for the birth and then there's the, there's the whole postpartum, which is essentially, it's not just a couple months. I mean, you are forever in that space. You are forever on the other side of that birth. and so. That transition is big. Mm-hmm. Totally. And it, it's understandable that birth gets so much attention. And I'm glad it does. And, you know, it needs attention. And maybe it needs more attention, too. But also not at the cost of neglecting the postpartum, which is what often happens. And, um, at least in our culture? At least in our contemporary mainstream culture. Correct. Right about as generally as I can speak about that. So Melissa is about a year plus postpartum. Just over, yeah, 14, almost going on 14 months. Uh-huh, right. And yes, yeah. folks, that is still postpartum and it's not just six weeks, like we might have you believe. <laughs> I don't know if anyone actually believes that. Anyone that actually had a baby at six weeks is like, no way, no way it's supposed to just for sure. That short. Yeah. So, uh, so we can dispel that first myth for people. It'll probably be more than six weeks. So, like Amy said, it's really the rest of your life. But even just the obvious healing of, you know, the organs going back into their place and your mind and just readjusting to the new you and the new you with a mini you, <laughs> oh, it's going to take a long time, and that's normal, and that's okay, no rush. <laughs> so, so yeah, you want to invite us into your postpartum adventures and your reflections, because I know that you had actually been involved with birth work for a while and healing arts in various capacities, so before you were pregnant. So you have been thinking about these things for a long time and what you would do to, you know, support yourself and set yourself up to be taken care of in all the ways. 
Um, so you went into it with a lot of knowledge and insight and wisdom. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, and I and I really believe that that helped me um, a lot as a compared to other experiences that I've observed or read about online and the mom groups. Um, I came into it feeling like there wasn't an issue that a phone call, a, a therapist, a specialist, um, or some kind of resource couldn't resolve. So, you know, if there was a um, nursing issue, there was a lactation consultant. If there was a physiologic issue, there was a pelvic health physical therapist, a chiropractor, a massage therapist. Um, you know, if there was a hormonal issue, there was the gynecologist or an endocrinologist. If there was some other kind of issue, you know, like there was the midwife, there was the mental health professional, uh, there was the friend, the, the partner, the family member. So I just, um, so for me, it was just like understanding uh, beforehand to build my resources and to um, have my network ready for me, ready to go in case I needed them. And what's good for me is that um, I didn't need a lot of the support that I prepared for, but just having it. And I feel like it's okay to not need all the stuff that you prepare for, because what that what that ends what ends up happening is that if you um, have a mother in your life that needs that resource, you already know what it is, and and you have it to pass it on so um that was just really also really important too that that it's never just about you and once you become informed you share it and you make someone else's life better for it so you know i had all the list of professional support people and then i had my personal support that i could rely on and, um, and then I was doing things to prepare. Uh, so I made sure that um, all the laundry was done. And then I just left it up to the man after that. And uh, I had made a number of postpartum meals, uh, frozen and um, shelf like pantry stuff that could just go into the toaster oven really quick or um, go into the crock pot. So that was really helpful for me. Um, And I came out of the fourth trimester right as the COVID lockdown started. So that was a little bit disruptive because I was looking forward to slowly easing back into work and that didn't happen, still hasn't really happened. (laughs) Um, And the one thing that I was not expecting was how like how strong my desire to get back to work was going to be and not having childcare was really upsetting for that um but that was not something that was in my control because you know if you didn't already have those people in your circle um you had to be socially distant because there's just you know we didn't know what was going on and you didn't 
there's just, you didn't want to put anybody at risk. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, so that was, that was pretty much my first year and it just really confirmed or validated. I don't know how much of some things is like, you need to do this and then other things become a self-fulfilling prophecy. But, um, I just, I just think I, I had a much better experience because I had so many tools and I was very well resourced. It's really, you knew a lot of the things that you might potentially need, which is a great thing you brought up for folks listening. It's like, well, you know, what are, what are people even supposed to be prepared for? Like what to expect? Well, that can be the tricky part with postpartum. It's like, I think Jamie and I, this came up in our conversation the other day, like prepare or expect the unexpected. Like it can look so many different ways. And maybe that's why people don't talk about it often is because there's so many different things that could or couldn't come up. It's going to be so very different for everyone, but it just expect it to be wild in some way or another. <laughs> um, right. but, but yeah, things that you might need. I love all those different resources that you made sure that um, you could have that hand if you needed, you know, you can have your chiropractor, if you have a hormonal thing, like have that hormonal person set up, have a mental health therapist, have a lactation support person that you can call, like have their number ready, so you can just be like, partner, look at the list of people that you can call and call that one, <laughs> um, or yourself, you know, um, yeah, massage therapy, the food thing, the food thing gets overlooked so much, um, you know, you're, you're in bed with the baby, or you've got a big job to do there um you'll need food and if you have a partner you know they can do some of that certainly but also they're gonna want to just be in bed and cuddle and rest and too you know so yeah have the meals frozen as much as you can maybe have a meal train set up um yeah hopefully people can get some ideas out of this of what they might need the food thing is something everyone needs, though. <laughs> Think yes. about your food. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I, I feel, for me, too, one of the things that kept coming up even before um, I was pregnant when I was doing the work is that you should really plan for as, as close to the first year as possible, um, if not, like, if, at least your first six months. But if you can plan as far out as the first year, that would be really helpful. Um, and especially with the meals, you know, it's like, it's, you're going to still want support with meals into like going into six months because you're still adjusting. You don't, and, and so it's the thing where you don't know how your body is going to respond as you recover. You don't know what kind of baby you're going to get. Um, and you don't know what your capacity is going to be, whether it's the first baby or the fifth. And so if you can have that continuity of care and support into the first year, that would be fantastic. I feel like, and, and we don't know what we, a lot of times we don't know what we're going to need and that's okay. But if you, I think it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and be in it and not have it. So um, if you can keep that, that meal train going, or if you can 
um, put on your registry that you want restaurant gift cards or um, a delivery, a meal delivery service um, gift cards. People can just throw $20 um, or $10, you know, whatever to offset. That would be great. And because personally for me, I felt like, um, well, and I don't know, maybe it's because we live in Hawaii, but she didn't wear clothes for her. <laughs> like the first six to eight months, like she barely wore clothes. Um, and so it's like, I don't need you to send me any cutesy, anything like, you know, send the food stuff, send, um, I put, I put stuff for myself on my, um, registry. So I put my herbs, I put, um, supplements, um, things. And I, and I put like little notes in it too, to say, you know, um, it's it's there's still a mother baby connection happening here and the mother needs to be nourished she needs to support herself so that she can support her baby and so i have the little these little notes in the registry about why this was in the um why this was in, on the registry and so so i take supplements i have polycystic ovarian syndrome and um and I take special supplements for that. So I put that on there. And I was just like, pregnancy does not resolve PCOS. And, um, and so like there would be things like that that were in the little notes. Uh, and so, yeah, don't be afraid to put yourself in that. Um, I went to, I have a, f a friend who's expecting she should be, um, Baby should be coming Earthside any day now. And we had a little surprise birthday shower, birthday shower, baby's birthday shower. Yeah, baby shower for her. Um, and so I packed um, Epsom salt and tea for her in addition to the baby gift. And they have an older child. So I bought um, a, a box of cookie mix for for the five-year-old and for the dad to make cookies for her postpartum. So it's like, they could eat all the cookies, but it was like, it's the cookies have oats in it. Like really um, lactation, had a lot of lactation helpers. And so I, I told dad, I was like, this is for the two of you. Uh, you can um, have this little activity. Um, you know, if you feel like there's a moment where she's getting a little She's starting to feel a little way or getting a little restless and then you all have these cookies that you can eat and they can support mom so just things like that to to really just be thinking of from a whole person a whole family perspective um and and again it's you know you may not need everything but it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it yeah absolutely I want to super harp on something that you just said, which is just complete gold. And I really want to drive it into people. I hope people get this because what you were talking about, the registry and changing how people tend to look at it or approach it, like include restaurant cards. Melissa, that is brilliant. <laughs> restaurant cards. Hello. Yes. One thing. Ew, put massages on there, acupuncture, treatment, on there. Mm -hmm. you know, having people, because babies benefit from chiropractic, you know, yeah. there's, and 
Yeah. So those are things that I, I, I totally believe in. The registry is not, it, it is about the baby, but the baby is dependent on the mother. And if we nourish the mother, then she, that's the beauty of midwifery care. I think in general on the postpartum end is they look at the two together still. It's not mm -hmm. separate. Right, right. You only need so many onesies. And right. the baby doesn't need a bunch of toys, <laughs> which right. is what people get. <laughs> right. I actually had in-home chiropractic for her and like um I think I think like a month in. She was still pretty new when I when I had um a chiropractor come over and adjust her. Yeah. She was still pretty new. Yeah, it can it can make a big difference actually with like if the baby's fussy or if you're having and nursing issues. Um, it can actually really support both mom and baby plus moms on the other side. Of course, your body's changing again so rapidly, and there's a lot of looking down and holding an eight pound weight. <laughs> there's a lot to that. Right? So please add body work, massages for you and baby postpartum. Yes. Add it on that registry. You will use that and benefit from that way more than you will like 20 baby rattles. <laughs> and I love the fact that you put the little education piece in there for the folks who were buying stuff from your registry too. So they understood like, well, yeah, this is bigger than, yeah, like this is this is what we need to do um, because that's the only way we can really shift the culture from baby, all the baby rattles. <laughs> right. I've heard you talk about this before, Melissa. And yeah, you know, that postpartum doula, like put that in the registry, let people know, like I need funds for this and they don't have to pay for the entire doula experience, but I'll be okay, throw a hundred bucks towards it, 50 bucks, you know, like know that these are the things that matter, right? You're educating people through it. I really hope. I want to just put that up on a billboard, you know? I'll make a baby in the video. <laughs> a baby paddling. Um, yeah. Can you imagine a billboard of like, we do baby registries. Give oh, yeah. massages. I don't know. We'll refine <laughs> the language, but not. we don't even have billboards in Hawaii, but still. <laughs> Someday. So. Right. Another thing you mentioned in your experience is um, child care, that that was kind of the one thing that you felt maybe you didn't set up as well. I overlooked it. I, um, I underestimated um, my own, I underestimated my desires to, um, or like, or whatever I thought it was about. Um, the support I needed so I didn't plan to have care after a certain point beyond um, my partner um, and the support from his um, uh, brother and girlfriend who, or now fiance who um, lives on the property with us um, and so that was where I suffered because um, I needed the break but I just, I, I just thought that I would be like, oh, I'd be fine. I'm going to love this. I'm going to, you know, it's just going to be me and baby cozied up. I'm going to catch up on all my shows. I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> it's just like, I totally planned 
to just be in the bed all the time and like, just send me my food. This is what I can <laughs> And and I was like, oh my God, I gotta get out of here. Like after <laughs> like, yeah. it was coming up on on three months and I was like, I gotta get out of here. Like I need a break. I need to get away from the two of you. And it was just like just just as I was like, oh my God, I'm ready to start like like just putting some feelers out for some clients and then like the lockdown hit and I just mm. like, this is this is a nightmare. Oh <laughs> yeah. So, so the year was really rough for me um because I was just so bored. And I just I totally wasn't prepared that I would be bored. I just I wasn't expecting it at all that that's that that was what was going to show up for me. Um so so yeah, so it was really um it was it was rough in that regard. So and then that just goes to show you too that you can't um you're not gonna be you're not gonna prepare. You can't prepare for everything. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, which is fine, but uh, I will say that my like but for me that ex- the the overall experience was a lot better for me because I had all those other things in place. Mm-hmm. And um if you and I feel like if you if you don't have a good um support system in place then you know you're really it's it's not going to be well for you you know so I had already established a relationship with a therapist and I um I maintained my sessions through postpartum um you know, with midwifery care, you know, there's still, the midwife is still accessible um, right after birth and uh, immediately after birth and um, through the six weeks. And um, and then I just had, you know, because I was in birth work, I had this community of birth professionals. I had a community of moms. Um, and that's one thing I've noticed that a lot of expectants don't do uh, they don't, uh, you know, if you don't grow up with, um, around a lot of, of moms, you're not around babies. Um, you should make friends with mothers, make friends with mothers before you become a mother, just so you can just get a glimpse of what the experience might be like, you know, everyone's experience is different, but we do share a lot of the highs and lows. And I met a lot of women who did not have um, mama friends, you know, so they they didn't have friends that were um, uh, due around the same time as them. Um, they didn't have they didn't have mama friends at any stage of motherhood, and I really feel like that um, made their experience more challenging because. Uh, there's only so much space a child-free person can hold for you. That's not mm-hmm. a professional, mm-hmm. um, you know. And so, yeah. And so, you know, your 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 child-free friends just can't relate. They don't get it, you know. And and the default becomes, well, um, you didn't know that was going to happen when mm-hmm. you had What did you expect? And those are really unhelpful. Um, because we all know that, that, that parenting takes a whole lot and, you know, we still live in a society that doesn't really 
have the the structures in place to make motherhood um, a satisfying experience. And there's a whole other other word that I have about what society is doing. Hey, don't hold back on our podcast by all means. But first, but for sure, you know, uh, you know, we live in a society that um, holds women to this impossible standard of of being, you know, you're built for making babies or you're a woman, so you should be a natural caregiver. You should naturally want to birth babies. Right, um, taking care of your baby you know, all day, every day, right, nonstop right. should be satisfying and all you ever need. Right, and while at the same time, you know, you should be working. <laughs> Um, for most, you know, like it's, it's a weird, like there are some, there are some aspects where it's either, it's your fault for attracting a partner that can't support you financially so that you don't have to work or you're, you're, you're an able-bodied, able-minded person get to work and we're not, or, or, or you want to work and then there's the guilt of well, why would you, you know, I mean, there's that whole right. thing too. There's it's so like, well, you're a mother, that's your job. Or yeah, like, why would you want to work? Or, you know, you want to work and there's just no childcare that is, that is affordable for you. Um, or your, your work, your employer doesn't make, it, your job is not a, a mother friendly or child friendly environment. So mm-hmm. it's, it's so many layers. Um, that piss you off and aggravate you and so that's why for me it's just like okay like if you can just be as well resourced as possible um, you know so I'm I'm lucky in that I'm self-employed and I can control certain things about how I work Uh, I can build my work around uh, motherhood around mothering uh, you have to get a little, there, there are things you do for yourself when you're self-employed and there are things you do when you're employed. And if you take care of that before you, um, get, um, before you get pregnant, that would be really helpful. Just things to know, you know, to look up the FMLA family medical leave act to see if your company is eligible for that and how you get that set up to, to maybe get disability insurance, uh, even though um, pregnancy and motherhood is not are not a disability, you know you you might be eligible for um, disability during your postpartum, which can extend coverage for you. But you have to buy it before you get pregnant, you know, and so so and be paying into it. So it's like, is that reasonable for you? You know, where like where else can you put can you invest your money in so that you can you have um something to float you should you want to take 12 weeks or 15 weeks or however many weeks postpartum you want to take off but your company is only going to pay for six weeks or eight weeks um you know so so how can you stretch your savings what does that look like um so yeah so I encourage people who are expecting or considering to start talking to a financial advisor, uh, to start looking at 
their lifestyle and seeing, you know, is, is their job um, conducive to parenthood? And what, what is, what does it look like to make their, to make their lives more parent friendly? Um, and really just to start putting all that stuff in place and, um, to start healing relationships. Like I worked on, I, I mean, it's been a process for me anyway, but I had been working on mother wounds for quite some time and, um, and they followed me into postpartum. Um, so I had to deal with that, but I was ready. And, you know, so it's like, what does that look like if you have a strained relationship with your family and with your mom, especially, um, you know, what do you need to do to get support with that? Cause it's going to come up for you during the pregnancy, during labor, during postpartum. Um, and really, and then it's like, you know, you have your partner who, um, is going to be dramatically changed by the experience in a different way. Um, but not in the same way. And so what does support for them look like? And, you know, how can they be supported to both take care of themselves and also to build their own support networks um, so that so that they are nourished in all the ways that you won't be able to because your focus is on your recovery and um, nursing your, your um, infant. And even if you're not nursing, you know, there's still, your still chances are you're still going to be the primary caregiver. And so um, a lot of things will, will come up in the relationship that you have with your partner around that. And so, you know, what, how do you need to fortify your relationship so that uh, you can still maintain intimacy and that bond and they don't feel neglected? Um, and yeah, so there's so many layers and levels. And since you don't know how you're, how you're going, your body's going to respond, it's just really helpful to just build all that in. Yeah, definitely. You've covered so much ground there. Uh, and that's why we're having this podcast. There's so many important aspects and so many different pieces to it. Psyche, mind, spirit, body. Um, so many. So thank you for addressing uh, all the things that were relevant for you and things that were helpful for you along the way. Uh, I want to go back to something you mentioned um, because there's an important piece that we're talking about, um, you know, encouraging people to hang out with moms before their moms so that way you can get a feel for what momhood can sort of be like, you know, even though it's different for everyone, but still, you know, and part of that is, you know, the way our society is set up, right? We tend not to be exposed to breastfeeding or birth or just, you know, parenting. Uh, uh, usually, maybe not as much as we used to be when we were more in village mode, right? Where we all lived in our little huts in a circle and we were right. like, yeah, it was just part of life. Yeah, you help each other's kids and you just took care of each other and kids got passed around and we were just there for each other, right? But now it's all on mom unless she figures out a different system um, you're expected to be the person um so while working and raising a child you're also having to build your own village right yeah you gotta build the village it used to kind of just be there but it's not there anymore um 
or maybe it is for some folks, but a lot of time it, it's not, and that can be a big challenge. Um, so, so yeah, like you said, moms need a break, you know, when they're the primary caregivers, they need to break without feeling guilty. And you said something to me, Melissa, the other day that I want to share with people because you said, you know, set up your child care without feeling any which way about it, because that's actually a common thing. There's prevailing thoughts out there, and sometimes moms feel guilty, right? Like, how am I supposed to leave this kid? Like, I'm their person, and and, and some people have judgments, like, oh, why would you have kids and and just get a child sitter? Like, why did you have them? Like, if you're gonna have them, like, be there for them. Like, not that you're right. not there for your kids. It's that you you can't be the only person, and you gotta take care of you. I just want listeners to like, you know, if you have any shame around that, like, you know, look at that, recognize if it's there, um, and, and let it go. <laughs> having yeah, having childcare helps me take care of myself so that I can take care of her. And you know, even like like right now I only have childcare twice a week. And a lot of those times I am napping. Like I'm taking a nap. I'm having a meal, like I'm having, a, I'm sitting down and having like a, a, a full meal. Um, and as we know, you know, when you have children under one, like when, from newborn to like their first four years, a lot of your meals might be bites here and there. Um, they'll just be whatever is quick. That might not necessarily be nourishing, but it'll, it's just to get that hunger pain to go away. You know, it's like, I can't tell you how many times I like, I poured a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and it's like four hours later that I'm getting to it. And, you know, and so just, just the, just being able to just sit down and have and enjoy my cup of coffee. Like, like I, I'm, I'm paying for that. I'm paying for that to be able to just nap for four hours. Like, like, like I, I. Um, that that's been a lot of that was a lot of, especially too that was a lot of my early childcare days is where um, I would just go into the bedroom and just nap for the majority of the um, of the time and while I was napping she was at the park you know she was being read to she was being um, cuddled and I'm just like there's someone else that is going to love up on my baby. Thank you. I'm going to be taking a nap. My phone is on, you know, like, like we're here, you know? And so I did not feel guilty about that. Um, that the, having her, the, having her presence here, taking, helping take care of my baby has just, it's made my life better. Um, I'm less on the days that I have childcare, I'm less angry and frustrated. Um, and um, I actually, you know, want to cook. I actually want to pay attention to my partner. You know, like I don't feel overwhelmed. So, um, yeah, no, I have no guilt. Um, I'm going to be bringing on some more days soon. So, yeah, like just it, it's not something to be guilty about because, like you said, if we had our village, you would have care. You know, you would have, you would have the grandmas, you would have the aunties, you know, that would be there. You would have other little kids. Like if there were older kids, there would be, they would be there. And that's always how um, it has, it's always how it's been before we transition to this 
um, nuclear family structure. You know, there, there is no, there really is no other um, social dynamic like this in history. Like this is new for us, you know, and we live in Hawaii. So we see it that it's still, that structure is still in place where we have um, Native Hawaiians and the Pacific Islanders and Micronesians who are in these um, generational, multi-generational units. You know, like I just, like I have some neighbors that just moved in across the road and um, it's, it's the grandparents, um, the parents and um, aunties and uncles that are, that are here. And it's, and so, and I see them out, like they're all, like I see someone every day different um, pushing the stroller or holding the infant. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm so jealous. But, um, but I mean, but I also chose to move 5,000 miles away from my folks. So that's another story, but they have, but, but, but it's there. And so, you know, for them, that's the most important thing. And no one, it's not, it's not, um, uh, what's, what's crazy to them is, you know, is not being around family. And so there's no reason to feel guilty about it because that's the way it's always been. And it should have been for us. So, um, so yeah, so I, um, yeah, like I don't, I don't have any guilt. I refuse, I refuse to have any guilt about, um, having childcare. So thank you for inviting people to not be guilty about those things. Uh, yes, the Women on Fire podcast officially gives you permission to not feel guilty about getting the support you need. <laughs> Taking care of your kids, go for it, do it. Um, any other golden nuggets you want to leave for people, or things you really wanted to make sure that you address here for folks? So yes. If you can, hiring a postpartum doula will be so helpful for you. Um, and if can and talk to your network about what kind of support they can be for you. How can they show up for you? What's their capacity? Um, because you're going to want someone to help with housekeeping. You're going to want someone to help with childcare. Um, you know, if you have pets, like, can somebody come and walk the dog um, or, or feed the cat for you? Um, just really, you know, who can run light errands? All the things that you are doing in your life that you may not uh, be able to do or want to do when the baby comes. Um, to really just have all that in place for yourself. And, um, and yeah, and just, just really sit and think about the kind of care that you want. Um, I think that before, during, and after pregnancy, every pregnant person should have um, access to a um, pelvic health physical therapist. 
and you know and to have access to a massage therapist to have access to a chiropractor uh, those things may not always be in the budget but health insurance can, can may cover some of it uh, otherwise put that on your registry that you want a gift certificate you know look, like go out and look for your chiropractor and look for your massage therapist and then put their name put that per, that person's name on your registry and you know and how to reach them so that you can get the gift certificate for that um so so yeah so just plan to take very good care of yourself so that you can take care of your baby i think that's great advice <laughs> don't forget the mother in the postpartum <laughs> yeah absolutely thank you for all of that one of my preceptors over time she would say you know everyone takes care of the mother the mother takes care of the baby and that includes watching folks energy when they enter a room when caring for a mother is be careful as a care provider what you bring into the space be but conscious every, of the energy you bring into the space. Yes. Yes. I used to have and, that written somewhere. Yes. I mean, that's just a daily affirmation that folks should probably maybe, um, you know, pray on a little bit. But um, especially when you're um, caring for a mother and everyone cares for the mother, the mother cares for the baby, and then the baby cares for everyone in return because they're the light and the hope. And, um, and recognizing what those needs are, that they might be different, that you might think you want to just lay in bed. Like you said, lay in bed for days and weeks and then realize that, like, actually, I need some time alone. I need a break. I need to talk to another adult, whatever it is, and not have any fear or guilt or remorse about that. Um, right. But it's also, uh, it's an important thing for the baby, too, to because um, then that helps the mother check her energy when she enters the space. But also that um, there's there's lots of different um, people in the world that provide different kinds of safety and comfort for us as we learn as we get older and and that starts at a at a young age too. So learning how daddy sways with me for comfort versus just needing to suckle or um, the way that grandma hums that song or you know whomever it is you know even if it's hired help you know that person that comes in in the way that they provide that um, security and that care um, for the baby too. So it all matters. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. Uh, and then another addition to that or a branch of what you're mentioning here is I see folks, I know we all see this, folks often get swept away with having the visitors postpartum. And I get it. You've got this precious baby and you've got your loved ones and friends and you want to celebrate this newborn with them but you know then they come over and they're not there to help with these things that we talked about and instead you end up playing host and you just gave birth and you've got a newborn and and as much as you might usually love socializing at least in the first couple weeks or so that can actually be incredibly draining and I see people not realizing that till they're in it and they're like, oh no, I had people over all day and I didn't get my nap and now the baby's fussy and, or, you know, cause there's just too much energy and now we're all just tired and feeling yucky. And, um, 
So, so by all means, have people over, but have them come do helpful things and not just stare right. at your baby and not expect yeah, them to be the one. They should be working. Exactly. Yeah, doing your dishes, watering your plants, switching over the laundry, and maybe yeah. even chatting with you a little bit in the meantime, but they're not, mm-hmm. you know, that they're there to, to provide true support, not just, um, and, and if they want to make you meals, great, but don't make them in your kitchen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, so, so we hope this can all be of, of support to all of you pondering your postpartum experience and how you can set yourself up um, to expect the unexpected (laughs) um, and deal with the many things that can come up. Um, Yeah. Thank you, Melissa, for being our guest once again. Love having you on here. Totally. All right, beautiful woman. Thank you so very much. Thank you so much for sharing your time and your experience with, with everyone else. Mm-hmm. right and well listeners thanks for being here and as always you can reach us at our email that is woman on fire podcast at gmail.com if you have any questions thoughts feedback or maybe you want to be a guest on our show um, we'd love to hear from you and if you have any questions for melissa she is a wonderful and amazing um woman who has lots of experience in lots of different realms and she um, as you may hear, could provide some good guidance. Um, do you mind sharing how people could get in touch with you if they're curious? You can get in touch with me at melissadanielle.com. M-E-L-I-S-S-A-D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E.com. Yeah. Awesome. Yep, I will add that to the show notes as well so it's clickable for people <laughs> and they can get to you. All right. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Aloha. Aloha.